Jealousy. This can drive some spouses absolutely nuts. And the other spouse feels completely justified. It's a real conundrum. And it's particularly worse when the jealous spouse has had prior reason to become jealous. A betrayal has occurred. What does a person do? Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 113. And we are going to be talking about jealousy. We're really going to tease this apart, and we hope that both you and your spouse are able to listen in so that you can learn more about what's behind jealousy and start having some productive discussions. Uh-huh. Last week, we talked about what to do if you're in a sexless or roommate marriage. So if you missed that, be sure to go back and grab it. Also, make sure you hit that subscribe buttons so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. Subscribe buttons, hey? Well, you know, maybe the button. Maybe there's one button they need to hit. maybe i just hit the button okay this actually is this is kind of cool i thought to talk about jealousy like this because when we start in you it's kind of well jealousy jealousy like how do you figure that out right but Mm -hmm. the research shows that jealousy can have positive or negative effects on a relationship so it's not all bad it depends on the kind of jealousy that's being displayed And this is where I learned a little bit coming into this episode myself is knowing that there's three different kinds of jealousy. That's what we want to start with. Okay. So this comes from a study in 2007 that looked at jealousy and relationship quality in nearly a thousand couples. So it was a pretty large study. And they identified three kinds of jealousy. The first kind is reactive jealousy. And they define that as the degree to which individuals experience negative emotions, such as anger and upset when their mate is or has been emotionally or sexually unfaithful. So that's reacting to the pain of unfaithfulness. It's reacting to a real betrayal. Okay. Yes, absolutely. The next kind that they identified was possessive jealousy, which is the considerable effort that jealous individuals can go to to prevent contact of their spouse with individuals of the opposite sex. So that's just like you're mine. Don't you talk to anybody else? Uh, Yeah, or maybe you're even talking to the people that might be talking to your spouse. Oh. So... There's no need for a real betrayal in here and possessive. It's just driven by the possessive desire. And then there's anxious jealousy, which is a process in which the individual ruminates about and cognitively or in their brain, they make up images of their spouse's infidelity and they experience feelings of anxiety, suspicion, worry, and distrust. Oh. That's just the kind of jealousy where it's just being, you know, I hate to say it, but it's in your head. Okay. Yeah. Now, where reactive jealousy is in reaction to an actual affair. Or betrayal. Yep. The possessive and the anxious jealousy may come in response to an actual betrayal, but they can also be equally present in the absence of any actual betrayal or even a rival. So these, they can... So it's like created in their own imagination and so then they're living that out. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And we're going to get to why that's a problem in a minute. The reason why that's a problem, it's self-fulfilling. You see that? Yeah. But I mean, I can relate a little bit to this because... I've woken up before and I've had this dream where you have been unfaithful and I react to that and I am like so mad at you, but that it's just like a figment of my imagination. It didn't even happen. Right. But yet we react to it. You wake up feeling it like it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Does that even make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk through this, right? So they looked at 
so then they took these three kinds of jealousy and then they looked at relationship quality. So how is this impacting your marriage? Being jealous like this is what they're asking. Okay. Okay. So individuals high in anxious jealousy, they had lower relationship quality. So if you have a lot of anxious jealousy, you're not yeah. going to feel that great about your marriage. Okay. And they also found the, the spouse or the person who had a spouse like this didn't feel great about the marriage either. So it's not working well for either person in the relationship. The anxious jealousy. Yeah. Okay. And remember that anxious jealousy is largely about ruminating thoughts, not reality. And so the conclusion here is that the anxious jealousy is bad for your marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And in its most extreme kind of case for Linda, you know, other studies show that this type of thinking, it's characteristic of people that they call, or they just define as pathologically jealous. Okay. In general, they experience a lot of great relationship distress. It's hard, right? Hmm. And so we're being kind of blunt here. And I just want to pause in case someone feels like we just called them out. Well, we did call them out mm -hmm. on this. And that's what we do. And it's why we have so many loyal listeners, because we speak the truth in love. And I hope you hear the love part, because here's the deal. And I'm guessing if you really stop and think about it, that if you're this spouse, you're not enjoying being this spouse any more than your spouse is enjoying the jealousy. Yeah. Right. Ruminating is not fun. It takes a lot of energy. It creates a lot of negative energy. And I just wanted to encourage you to face that. And to get some help, life doesn't have to be this way because, you know, there may be real valid things in behind this. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's real, even traumatic experiences or some very significant disappointments you've had in your past in very important relationships. Mm -hmm. And there's healing for that. So it doesn't have to go on like this. And probably the best thing you can do is to take this to a good therapist on one-to-one on -one sessions and work with them towards finding a less anxious way to evaluate the world around you, hmm. especially your marriage world. Yeah. Okay. So this can be distressing other relationships too, like not only your marriage. It could. Yeah. Yeah. In its stronger forms, like people are then like double checking with friends. There's like, like one girlfriend or the next girlfriend saying like, were you actually flirting with my husband last night or did it just look like you were flirting? And you know what? So it starts uh, to cause other relationship issues and yeah. it can be very tricky to navigate all this, right? Well, it's yeah. a lot of burden there. So now... What's interesting though, Verlin, is that not all jealousy was bad. So they looked at the reactive jealousy. Remember, this is reacting to an actual betrayal yep. now. And they found positive associations between relationship quality and reactive jealousy. Really? Yeah. So they said, okay, this looks like a positive relationship thing mm -hmm. going on now because, and what they think is that the reactive jealousy is probably interpreted by the spouse as a token of love and caring. Oh. I'm protecting you or I want you back or you're... You know, this, yeah. I want us, right? Yeah. And some spouses may even kind of strategically use reactive jealousy in their spouse for enhancing their relationship. So they're really that strong, protective, this is us. Mm -hmm. We're not going to let anybody take this away from us. That can strengthen the relationship. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like commitment kind of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. And that's the point is you should be jealous if your relationship is threatened. Right. Okay. Right? Yeah. You have the right to protect your relationship and be concerned about it. Mm -hmm. Although all I would say is you don't want to use this as your primary strategy to enhance your marriage. No. <laughs> right? so, yes. Yes. Yeah. So that was reactive jealousy. And then coming back to possessive jealousy, which remembers that really sort of protective your mind kind of thing. And that's the considerable effort a person goes to in order to prevent contact with the opposite sex. This was not consistently related to relationship quality, meaning that, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a clear relationship saying that being possessively jealous is going to help your marriage. Or it's going to be bad for it. Yes. It's not 100% either way. And okay. what the researchers thought is that this depends on how this jealousy was expressed. So if you're buying flowers or romancing your spouse to keep them interested, it may help your marriage. Mm -hmm. Right? 
And that could come from a possessive jealousy place, okay. right? But if that possessive jealousy looks more like threats or violence or debasement to prevent unfaithfulness, like you're, if you ever look at him again, I'm going to give you a beating. You know, if that's oh. the kind of possessive jealousy, that's going to reduce the quality of your marriage because that really feels unsafe. Yeah, yeah. For obvious reasons, right? So what I want to challenge our listeners on is in either case, whether you're kind of doing the positive thing with the flowers, because mm-hmm. it's, if it's still coming out of possessiveness, is that coming from a place of fullness and security or neediness and insecurity? Mm. So the fullness perspective is, you know, I appreciate what we have so much. I'm going to guard that. What we have is worth keeping. I want yeah. to protect it, nourish it, so on. Neediness is more like I can never be sure of what I have with you. So I'm going to keep slapping romance band-aids on my anxiety to try to reduce the pressure or the, the concern, right? Oh, okay. In that sense, you know, I can't, I'm reluctant to ever really seeing a lot of possessive jealousy in a relationship as actually being healthy. Yeah, yeah. Right? To me, when it's driven by anxiety, it may serve a purpose, but long-term health, eh, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Now, if your spouse is jealous and you have found this frustrating in the past and it's still there, I mean, you can't change your spouse, right? We yeah. often tell folks this, you can only work on yourself. You might consider reframing it. So if you get reactive jealousy from your spouse because of a betrayal that you've been involved with, yeah, and what you might choose to do is to see that reactive jealousy on the part of your spouse as a sign that not all love is lost. And that they really want you. They really want the relationship they have with you, right? Yeah. Because I get asked the question, you know, my spouse is jealous all the time. Well, just kind of think about what kind of jealousy it is. And if it's the reactive jealousy, sometimes just seeing that as a positive thing, like they want to rescue this relationship. They want me back. Right. They want to feel secure with me or she or he does wants to feel secure with me. Yeah. Then you can reframe that as something positive and kind of embrace it. It makes it easier to take. Right. 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 Yeah. Now with anxious jealousy... I don't know if you want to be so accepting mm, of that. That could, yeah. that could lead to really sort of just accepting conflict or demanding or nagging, which really isn't good for you. It could weigh down. Same with possessive jealousy. Is it really adding to your marriage or is it just adding a burden? So as you look at this, not all jealousy is bad, right? Yeah. But some of it is definitely unhelpful. Yeah. Yes. Do you think like if your spouse is jealous that you should maybe take a look at yourself and see if you're giving them reason to feel that way? Yes. Because maybe they are reacting to something that you're doing. Yes. Actually, not too long ago, we had one of our listeners write in about her husband was always looking at other women. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I didn't think there was anything wrong with it and couldn't figure out what her problem was. Th- that's reactive jealousy. There's an actual betrayal there. Not a, yeah. like a, an affair, full-blown betrayal, but there's a betrayal of fidelity. And we're going to talk about that in a second too. Okay. Yeah. So you're right. It's a good uh, reason to take pause and... Yeah. And reflect. Yeah. Like you can't, I don't think you can blame it a hundred percent on your spouse without taking a good look at yourself first and seeing if you're instigating it. And then if you're not. Yeah. You might want to bounce that off some very honest people in your life. Yeah. Not like your mom or people that are going to tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Maybe your mother-in-law <laughs> to see that. Yeah. Am I doing things that's causing her to react or him to react? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, given Verlinda just this possibility that not all jealousy is bad, right? So it might be yeah. useful. We want to talk about how to communicate jealousy in healthy ways for good jealousy. Okay. Fair enough? Yep. So what happens with jealousy in particular is that it's often communicated in a way that undermines the security of the relationship, which is ironic because jealousy is really about protecting the relationship, but it's having the opposite effect because it's... Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what you think is saving your marriage is actually... Yeah, 
Right. And the reason why jealousy hmm. works like this is because the expression of that jealousy calls the quality of the relationship into question. It says, I don't trust us or I don't trust your loyalty to me. Oh. So I'm going to kind of hyper monitor it. Yeah. Be hyper vigilant. Yeah. And it's calling that relationship into question while you're trying to save the relationship. So you're undermining it at, at the yeah. same time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this becomes a dilemma for people, right? Because if it's, let's go back to our listener that said, my husband is looking at other women. Okay. Okay. She's trying to save the relationship. Yeah. But if she's always at him about that Mm. and attacking about that, it's hard. And she knows like this, you know, she knows it's not working. Yeah. It's trying to drive away what she's trying to bring back. Or she's not not trying to drive away. She's trying to bring him back, but in doing so it's driving him away. Yeah, The only way to do that is a a behavior that is attacking basically. Right. Okay. Okay. So if here's the thing, if you have concerns that you feel are legitimate, how you express them becomes very important and direct, non-aggressive disclosure and assurances are helpful. Just, just saying. So what's a disclosure? It revealing a part of yourself, the part of you that's worried about what you're seeing. Like I feel kind of. An I feel statement kind of thing. Okay. Just looking jealous or appearing hurt or crying or acting all anxious or being accusing or using sarcasm. All those things are unhelpful. Mm -hmm. But as researchers look into this, you know, clear, open communication, once again, is helpful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the thing for our listeners. We want to say, like, if you do have concerns, we don't want you to feel like you have no voice or you can't express them in your marriage. What we're saying is you have to be mindful of how you express them. And then as you're expressing those concerns and speaking about them to your spouse, I think one of the things that you really should be talking about too is how your boundaries differ. Mm. And this is, this is where we get into this discussion of what one person considers fidelity versus another. Because jealousy is often an indicator of a difference in the, how each spouse is defining boundaries on mm. what's safe behavior or a safe interaction with the other sex or not, right? Or to put this another way, and this is a question that might kind of shock you, but have you guys as a couple defined what monogamous means to you? I'm not talking about open marriage or anything on the wild yeah. end of the spectrum yeah. here. I'm just saying what's in close, right? So but you, even going back to what we were just discussing. Yeah. And in that couple, the man obviously feels that looking at other women's okay. And maybe he feels like he would never cross that line. Yeah. But in her eyes, that's not okay. Right. And there's a difference. So that, and that difference is what's triggering the jealousy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have opinions, Verlinda. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But this does vary from marriage to marriage. Like the definition. Yeah. The boundaries. Yeah. Okay. So even within the moral boundaries of most of our listeners who self-identify as Christians and want to honor the marriage standards of the Bible, there's some gray areas, right? Mm -hmm. So even think about like the looking thing that we just mentioned as an example, but think about how much separateness or togetherness you can tolerate. And we'll talk about this in a second here, right? Like how much time do you guys need together to feel like you're a couple? Okay. Might be different for one spouse versus the other. You could get jealous of your spouse's activities. Yep. Right. What about what is private to the marriage versus what can be shared? Mm-hmm. Like we struggle with this one a little bit. Yeah. Like if whether you open something up to someone on the outside, is that beginning to share too much to set up an emotional connection? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, okay. What? That's not what we struggled with then. Oh. It was more like I would chat away and tell people stuff and you'd be like, um, that was private. Like, oh, really? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, different issue. Yeah. Different issue. 
what do you consider acceptable social behavior with the opposite sex? So, okay. and I'm thinking like, when does something, is something that, are you being friendly and your spouse looks at that and says, that's flirting. Mm. And you okay. say, that's joking. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So jealousy often comes when, and this is from research in 2010, jealousy often comes in marriages because individuals have, they vary a great deal in terms of how much freedom they expect for themselves and for their spouse freedom in, in these different areas, right? So think about the separation one, right? Some couples might thrive in a commuter agreement in which they're basically really just together on the weekends. Mm. And others suffer when they're separated for even one night, which yeah. is like we're on that end of the spectrum, right? Yeah. But other people do this other thing where you think about couples in the military and their spouses deployed and they can make Months. that work. Yeah, yeah. Right? What about what is acceptable when it comes to interaction with the opposite sex? So some find flirting with others acceptable. It's just joking. Mm-hmm. nobody reads anything more into that. They're okay with that. Others can't tolerate, you know, that closeness, that the familiarity that's being established there, right? Okay. And in relationships, like couples need a balance of security and freedom. But when jealousy comes in, one spouse often feels threatened by the the freedom. Okay. But the And then the other insists on the freedom. Like they need the freedom in order to feel that they're kind of secure, secure in their marriage. Right. Huh? So these, these things come into conflict and this is where, you know, the couple needs to have some give and take too, I think for London, because a slightly more anxious spouse will need to realize that when his wife is being friendly with another guy, she's only showing basic human courteousness. Like you have to extend the generosity of giving her the benefit of the doubt there. Okay. There's and, and that there's nothing more there and you can ask her about that. You know what I mean? This is where we need the clear open communication part. Yeah. And if she says, no, that's normal, then maybe you need to kind of loosen up a little bit and understand that what your wife is doing is no threat to the marriage. Right. There may be other times when your wife doesn't understand how she's being perceived. Oh, yeah. You might need to talk about that. Which is where the clear, open communication comes in again. Again, yeah. Hmm. So we can't really kind of define what's right or not right here. Like you guys have to sort this out in your context, right? With your own boundaries. With your own boundaries. Now, if you're that wife and you're dealing with this husband, you might need to realize he's a little bit more fearful and maybe it'd be a little bit more conservative with those guy friends and then open up more with the female friends. Fine. You're going to accommodate each other, right? This is being generous or kind to each other. Yeah. And, And while you're kind of sorting that out, you're also taking the care to build your marriage bond, like the love that exists between you to make that secure, strong, robust, resilient. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump in here being the wife part. Yeah. And I kind of feel like we've been picking on wives in this bit because we use the wife as the example. Yeah. But I have seen, I think more often that it's okay or husbands think it's okay for them to be friendly and whatever with the opposite sex. And yet like their wife doesn't dare. Right. So this definitely goes both ways. Absolutely. I just, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of picked a gender for the examples. and Yeah. There shouldn't be gender distinctions. No. He's allowed to flirt and she's She's, not. No, exactly. Yeah. So that's where they need to talk about their boundaries. Yeah. And make them consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, Verlinda, that, and I was just, I was thinking as I was reviewing this before we started recording, that when you're in this situation and maybe, you know, that you just want to joke around with people or whatever, Mm -hmm. I want you to think about whether that's primarily the opposite sex. And I want you to think about if you're projecting a mommy wound or a daddy wound onto that member of the opposite sex. So if there's a woman, a wife, always 
kind of engaging in this kind of behavior with men. Yeah. Was there something that she missed in her father that she's getting validation back or affirmation back or responsiveness that she never had from her dad and maybe isn't getting from her husband right now. Mm -hmm. And same with guys, like your mom never affirmed you or she wasn't praising of you. Mm -hmm. And now you're the funny guy to the woman at church Mm -hmm. and they think you're awesome. Mm-hmm. And your wife is kind of smiling in the shadows, but is gnawing, has these gnawing concerns in her heart, right? Mm-hmm. And so are, again, are you coming to that type of behavior out of fullness or neediness? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sidebar. Yep. Now, the last part of this jealousy thing that I wanted to talk about for a little was looking at past versus present, okay? So something may have happened in the past, a past betrayal. So jealousy often arises out of memories of some past event that can, like the memory becomes entangled with the present. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is almost actually what I just talked about a little bit with the mummy wound thing. Yeah. But I mean, you could have had a girlfriend before your current spouse, whatever, and there was a major betrayal there. Yeah. And now your spouse does something and it triggers something similar to that girlfriend memory. Oh. And you're reacting to your spouse like she's the old girlfriend. Oh. Because that was so hard on you. Yes. So this is kind of a, a tangly situation, right? And yeah. these researchers, here's how they explain it, right? Jealousy is usually multi-layered. Fair enough. Like mm-hmm. there's lots of stuff going on, right? For both partners, there are aspects of the present situation that instigate the pattern. However, there are fears from the past or other contexts that also inform the meaning of what is happening. And they, they call these things the remote files. It's like, mm-hmm. another word is baggage. It, that probably gets used more on the street. The baggage or the remote files contain images, beliefs, sensations, and fears that tend to qualify and distort the present situation. Okay. See? Yeah. Now, couples can learn to identify when current jealousy is being influenced by those past experiences, like when that's speaking into the current relationship. Yeah. And when it's actually something from a significant past relationship, and you need to begin to untangle these two and separate them apart and realize they're not the same. They're not the same person you're dealing with. Yeah. Yep, not the same person. And even if the past betrayal was your spouse, oh. and it's been a while, you know, this is, I want to be careful here, but if your spouse has done work on this and you're, you guys have done work on this in your marriage, the spouse you're married to now may not be the same person that betrayed you five years ago. Right. I would hope. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you need to kind of split these things out. And, you know, it's easy to get upset in here and to lump things together, but when we really need to go slowly and kind of tease those things apart in our own mind. And couples get frustrated in this because you'll often have one that's jealous and one that's not. Yeah. One jealous spouse, one not jealous. Yeah. And sometimes the one who is not actually had an affair a while ago, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for the betrayed spouse not to get triggered into jealousy in the present. But again, this is where you really that have to tease the past about, apart yeah. from the present, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they haven't grown from the past experience and they still are unfaithful, then yeah, you have every reason to be jealous. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This is where I guess, do we need to give them our spouse the benefit of the doubt if they have changed? Well, this is where I think people just need to think this through carefully and tease it apart. Yeah, benefit of the doubt, not the right term, but... It's the generosity concept, right? Mm -hmm. It may be that today's jealousy is no longer necessary. And this is where we come back to the jealousy potentially being a problem because it could be driving away what you're trying to save or preserve or grow mm. or strengthen, right? Yes, yes. So even though jealousy feels like you're protecting your marriage, it's most likely having the opposite effect and it's eroding the bond between you. 
So that it really causes us to kind of challenge ourselves about distinguishing between the past and present and make sure that we're thinking correctly today. Hmm. Tough stuff, hey? Yeah. Because, I mean, you imagine how traumatic the real betrayal was. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be easy to get triggered on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we have more to say on this, but we plugged it into a written document, a PDF that you can download. It's called Five Steps to Take When You Live with a Jealous Spouse. So if you're the one dealing with the jealous spouse, this is for you. You can get this by opening your browser to oif.link slash 113. Look for the gray box with the orange button on that page. Or you can text the word podcast to 9292 spouse. We'll get your name and email. We'll send you a link where you can download this. If you have to pay for text messages, this will count like all your other text messages. It's not toll free. But once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse. Or you can find this bonus on our website on the blog post for this episode at oyf.link. Dot link slash 113. So we have another iTunes this week, Caleb. <clears throat> review. Short and sweet. What did I say? We have another iTunes. Oh, no. We have another iTunes review this week. It says, Wonderful Insight Five Stars by DJ5816. Say he, she says, Enjoyed the information and delivery of it. Good. So glad to hear it. Yeah. If you want to get involved in this awesome mission to help save marriages through our podcast, we'd like to ask you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. And we want to reach 5,000 marriages a week through this podcast. By the way, Verland, I believe we're about halfway there on that goal right now. Awesome. Based on looking at our stats. And we can't do that without your help. For even $5 a month, you can help us move forward towards making that a reality. Please go to oif.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach more marriages. Once again, it's oif.link slash give. So we want to give out a shout out to Lynn this week, mm-hmm. who has joined our mission yes. to help save marriages. Thank you, Lynn, so for your you, contribution. Lynn. Very much appreciated. Uh, we're going back to a topic we've touched on before, Verlinda. It's a tough one to solve and a very common issue. Is it possible to have a hectic life and a happy marriage? Mm, we so live is it? in such a busy world. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you'll have to come back next week and find out. Great. I actually found some really good research on that. Really? I can't tell you about it though. (laughs) So that's all for today's episode. You can get the blog post at oif.link slash 113. We admire you guys as you listen to us week in and week out. You're in the trenches. You're doing the hard work to save your marriage and we're honored to be part of your journey. So if you found our podcast helpful, we'd love you to help us out with a rating and a review on iTunes. So that just encourages us and it helps us to improve our rankings on iTunes so that we can reach and influence more marriages. And that's our mission. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the only podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at only slash love. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.